welcome back to Beyond the Veil. This is episode two, and I'm going to continue to share my story slowly so you really get a good idea of who I am, how my gifts developed, and how I came to offer the services that I offer in this lifetime. And in the last episode, I gave a really brief timeline run of the past five years or so of my life, but I want to focus today on my time in Los Angeles. And I'm also going to be sharing some tips and tools and practices that you can be utilizing to strengthen your own clairvoyance, clairsentience, your own intuitive gifts in a really similar way that I did because a lot of these exercises were channeled to me when I was learning to strengthen my own abilities and I feel like they work and can be kind of fun. So with that said, let's backtrack to LA. I moved to LA in 2017 from New York. Um, I spent about 10 months in New York. Previously, I was living in Charleston, South Carolina. And when I was in South Carolina, I was studying holistic nutrition. I was getting into meditation and yoga. So this was around 2013. Um, and I loved Charleston, but it was very heavy on the drinking, lots of ghosts and lots of spirits, which was very difficult for me at the time. And although I loved my friends, I was sitting there with a green juice and they were sitting there with a Mountain Dew and a cigarette in hand. And after a couple years, it got to the point where I knew that I needed to move on. So I, at the same time as well, 2015, I started to realize that something was pretty seriously wrong with my health, especially looking at my friends who seemed to be doing just fine, drinking soda, and I'm, you know, meditating, green juice, yoga, and I'm not well. So I took my first test. I finally caved and accepted that something was wrong. I got tested for Lyme and it came back negative. Over the next few months from the moment of that test, things got progressively worse to where I was struggling to function in normal day-to-day -day life. And I really, really wanted to move out to California, but I wasn't well enough to do so so i moved back home and i actually worked for juice press in the city for those of you who know juice press i was managing um, some locations in the financial district and i also took had to take some time off because at at a point it got to where i um, wasn't able to actually work at all so when i was in new york and when I was home is when I started to hear the voices of spirit. And I've told this story before, so sorry if you guys have already heard this, but I was seeing doctor after doctor after doctor, basically with the intention to get tests run by conventional medicine and then take it to alternative medicine and go from there. I just wanted a diagnosis for what was happening to me because it was very scary. And every single test that was run came back negative. 
Um, turns out I had Epstein-Barr the whole time, which if you go back to the very first blood work that I got done, it showed up on the test, but it was overlooked by the practitioner. So it took me about a year to, to receive that diagnosis. And then I was also diagnosed with fibromyalgia and chronic fatigue syndrome, just you know, slapping a label on, we, we don't know, we can't figure it out. So in that time, I remember sitting in a doctor's office and they were, I was 23 and he told me that I, there's nothing that could be done and I just had to learn now how to manage and live with these symptoms. And I heard a voice and the voice said, don't attach to that, that's not true. And the, the voice I didn't really know was spirit at the time, but I remembered an experience that I had when I was a child where I heard that same voice in church when I was in Sunday school and we were learning about how if you think bad thoughts, bad things, right, are going to happen and b bad thoughts are bad and don't, don't think them. And I remember thinking about something bad um, and it wasn't even bad, but for a kid, you know, it's, um, I was like thinking about sex and I didn't even know what it was, but I knew it was bad. And then I was like, oh my gosh, I just thought of a bad thing and Jesus hates me. And I, I started spiraling in my mind as a eight to 10 year old, um, just because my, my brain went to that place when I was just told that it shouldn't. So I heard a voice say, no, like don't attach it's okay, like don't attach to this religion, this is not your path. And ever since, I, I didn't. Um, and I was really young to be receiving that message, but I recognized it and I felt so desperate that I had no choice but to listen to this voice. And the voices got stronger and stronger and I was guided to do this, to do that, to go see this doctor, um, to heal. And eventually it led me out to Los Angeles, which is where I, you know, wanted to be the whole time through this series of events with um, a, a, an ex-partner that I was dating at the time had an opportunity to, his company was moving him out there and I was able to go along. So I moved to LA. I was told the reason for it is for healing and for education and that's like exactly what happened so my first year or so there i was still looking for a mentor for someone to help me understand what was happening and i was still quite sick um and i and i manifested a partner who also was quite sick. He had MS and I had whatever I had. So the two of us together were, um, it's a little chaotic, but we were trying to heal and also making the most of our time and our life, which I really admired him for because even though he was very limited in his energy levels and what he could eat and what he could do, he still really made a priority to get out and experience life and experience LA. And I probably wouldn't have to that degree if I was on my own, I would have probably sulked and stayed in bed for the majority of that year. So 
I, he is the one that introduced me to the meditation studio that I spent most of my time at, where most of the teachers that I learned from were from that studio, which is also the woman who was behind all of the distortion and all of the shadow. Um, and so again, full circle moment, but he, he was like, there's a new meditation studio in town. We got to go check it out. And, you know, one of his things always was what's new and what's, what are the new places in town that we can go check out and explore? So I actually wound up going there much more than him. Um, but yeah, he was my introduction to this woman and the studio that may or may not would have entered into at least as soon as I did. So almost immediately I got my Reiki 1 and 2 and I started taking those intuitive development classes. Um, and then I started an Akashic course with someone separate from the studio who I really admired and looked up to at the time. But as soon as I started to really come into my own and um, when I started to slowly offer my services to the world is when that relationship with her started to uh, go downhill. I noticed that she wasn't happy for me. She wasn't excited for me. There was trigger and jealousy. And um, I kind of started to notice that um, her teachings maybe weren't what I thought they were, or I felt it kind of in the moment too, but I was so naive to all of this that I didn't trust myself and thought, you know, maybe I'm being judgmental. But what I noticed about her was that she kind of gate, she gate kept. Um, and I didn't have a term for that at the time, but even when we would take class and then we would actually be charged an extra $200 to get certified from that class that we took, which, um, you know, anyway, so, um, I noticed that as she was teaching, right, these energy, the energy healing certification, the Akashic certification, I was just like, you're not really telling me what to do. Like, I felt like she was keeping her own techniques and modalities to herself. And I, and I had these moments of like, but you're not really teaching. And I, and I understand that a lot of it is intuitive. Um, and it is something that we need to explore on our own, but also having guidance and support, which I didn't really feel like was there. So in 2020, when I started to offer readings is yeah, when I started to separate from her because I realized that there there isn't actually love there. And, um, you know, there were students in her class that were eight years taking the same classes over and over and over again. And I, I saw that she was kind of keeping people in this loop, um, not really helping them move forward um, for her own benefit. And that is just, that's not that's not for me, that's not my path, and that's not what I'm looking to build with my own students and, and my clients. I want to be there, but I also you know, want you to go on your own and not feel like you need me anymore when the time comes. So um, the class was an Akashic course, but we opened the records 
maybe once on our own and then she would open them a lot so we were given the prayer but i never actually learned how to read the akashic records and because of that i actually never got the certification until almost two years later um, i had a friend that i met it was so synchronistic she had a southern accent and i was like where are you from and we actually were from the same city in the south um, Charleston and we went to the same college same year and we actually lived um, next to each other twice and we had never met and she was on her way to go take this course and that is how I found out about this teacher so the two of us we would meet once a week sometimes more and we'd practice being in each other's records and that's really how I learned to navigate this space so I didn't have someone teaching me about soul contracts and how to um, read and interpret past lifetimes and the ancestral lineage and the future timelines and how to tie that all together and um, so I feel like I taught myself but I also you know my, my friend and I we really bounced off each other and about a year and a half later is when I started practicing on other people Again, my relationship with the records was never to be of service. It was to figure out what is wrong with me um, because I didn't have a lot of money at the time. I didn't have money for private healings. I knew that I needed them, but I thought maybe if I learn these same techniques, I can kind of help myself um, until I'm able to get uh, these healings and have the money for that. So throughout the two years that I was studying, I was working for another juice company in LA and it was honestly so perfect because I got there right at the height of influencer marketing in the best wellness scene in the world, which was Los Angeles. So I was working with influencers and working in social media, but I was you know, behind the scenes and at all of these events, teaching about the products and the herbs and um, all of these different types of wellness modalities. So I got to be in the scene without having to be in any spotlight. And it was a really special time in my life. Obviously, eventually I had to leave and kind of grew out of the spiritual ego that was LA. But again, I had nothing to base it off of in those more formative years it wasn't until 2019 when I started to realize that maybe this community isn't fully aligned um, so I got readings from friends in the class and we would practice on each other and every reading that I got I was told wow you're so clairvoyant you're so visual you're so visual and I saw black I saw nothing and it was nice to hear um, you know these messages coming through about how gifted I am and powerful I am and I honestly just thought they were being nice and just saying that to make me feel better um, it wasn't until one reading specifically that I did in this certification class with the teacher 
and I was getting certified for energy work and she was getting certified for Akashic so we did practice on each other and she was saying that she's not usually very visual however she's so visual now because she's in my records and da 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 and I was like with all due respect I am really tired of hearing this because I'm not visual and I don't know how I'm supposed to connect with that or how I'm supposed to activate that because I've been trying and everything that I'm doing is not working. So she basically saw this visual of this crown and the crown had all of these jewels on them and they were all of my gifts that I haven't been able to bring into the physical realm just yet. And that the problem was that my soul is only 20% in my body, 80% of me is up in the cosmos. And I knew that I've disassociated my whole life. Um, I thought I was grounded, but again, I think, you know, with a lot of these things like grounding and like the ego and these messages that we keep getting over and over, right? It's like, oh, you need to ground more. Oh, your ego. Oh, so it's, we think we understand it but we understand it to the degree that we can at the time. So it's like at the time, I felt probably the most grounded I ever felt in my life. However, um, I wasn't. <laughs> and you don't really notice that until you go into an even deeper embodiment, right? And so I had to basically figure out how to get this 80% of my soul and my consciousness back into my body. And once I did that, then these gifts would come online. So the typical grounding practices, right, like anchoring into the earth and um, being in nature, like it helped, but they're novice. Um, and their foundational practices compared to what I really needed to go through uh, to activate these gifts. And I think that's also a problem that a lot of healers are facing where they have these practices for psychic protection and for grounding, but they're um, a, a, it's a foundational level. It's not an advanced level. And as they are progressing and as they are going deeper into their own consciousness and into the shadow, and they need to also develop and advance these practices um, just as they're doing in all other aspects of their life. So a lot of times I'll have clients that are like, oh, I have my protection practices, but it's just not enough. And that's why it's so important to continue to take courses or ask right for your guides to share with you how you can continue to develop these practices so eventually obviously the clairvoyance came online and it's actually one of my strongest i would say feeling is feeling and knowing are up there as well because i spent my whole life with those clairs available to me as a child i always knew things without being able to explain how and the inner knowing was how I could tell what someone is really feeling or really thinking even though they're saying this to me 
And um, so I navigated the first 20 so years of life with my clairvoyant, my clairaudience and claircognizance. Nope, with my clairsentience and claircognizance. So the clairvoyance, I'm very visual now, but again, I had a lot of work to do to get there. And the practices are important, right? Strengthening the muscle is part of it. But at the same time, we are, as lightworkers, as beings who are here to create great change on this planet and to knock down the systems and to disrupt the inorganic matrix, we have been on this path for lifetimes and lifetimes and lifetimes, even prior to Lemuria and Atlantis, um, especially in galactic astrology, like most of us have done this on other star systems like on Orion and on Sirius. So this is not our first rodeo. We've been um, watched by these dark forces for longer than we can fathom, like for most of us, millions and millions of years, these dark forces have had an eye on us because they know what our intention is, they know what gifts we have, and they know that they, you know, need to try to stop it. So in addition to me needing to come back into my body and feel safe, and grounded in the physical, um, there was also a lot of clearing that I needed to do where there were attacks on my gifts, my sight, my crown, um, basically all of my chakras that were also contributing to the uh, me not being able to fully connect with these gifts. actually just had a session where this message came up and I was explaining how you know, our psychic gifts for a lot of people, it's like we think it's just being able to communicate with spirit and to see and to hear and to feel, but really we have, there's so much more. Like we, not, not, not all, but some of us, um, and it depends too on if you chose to be able to activate that in this lifetime or you know, where you are in your soul evolution. So it takes a long time to master these gifts. Some of us have, and some of us are in the process of it. But the the abilities that we have go far beyond just being able to communicate with spirit and move some energy. They are very powerful gifts and abilities that are going to really change the trajectory of the the human ascension on this planet and that's really what they were trying to stop so it's a process for everyone it's not all going to happen at once i think it's really important to get a good understanding of what is there in terms of blocks i don't really like to use the word block but Again, I'm, you know, we're very limited in our terminology and episode for another day. But, you know, are you out of body and is that contributing to it? Is there black magic? Are there implants that are making it so you can't receive the messages? Like, what 
where does the focus need to be? And then, you know, you either receive that support from a healer or practitioner who knows what they're doing and is able to help you. Or if, you know, you already are skilled in energy work and you want to learn how to do this yourself, you have options. So with the communication with spirit, everyone communicates in their own way. Um, that's one thing I think I'm noticing with clients too, where they think they're not able to communicate, but maybe they're just not communicating in the way that they see others communicate and they think that must be the way, but that's not happening with me. Spirit is really subtle. If you're getting these loud messages, it's because you're not listening. And it shouldn't have to get to that point every time for you to really listen and trust the message that's coming through. Spirit is speaking to us all day, every day through a very soft, very gentle, very subtle way. So again, a lot of people are looking for those big aha moments or those loud messages that you can't deny. And that's not always what's going to happen. The more you master these abilities, the quieter spirit becomes because you're learning how to tune in and how to be present in each moment and really pay attention and be aware and mindful and listen to these quiet whispers of spirit. So if you want to develop and strengthen the gifts, you have to to start moving away from needing that message to be so loud and really start to see the magic and the beauty and the communication with the all, all parts of the whole, the earth, the elements, the um, benevolent beings that are here to support us. Your When your ego is communicating versus your higher self versus your shadow self um, and, and still and quiet the mind so you're able to hear. That's a, a big one that, you know, sometimes in Akashic readings, the messages of how to to strengthen the gifts are so simple it's and sometimes I'm like I can't even believe I'm saying this right now but meditate like that's what they're saying and it's like obviously the client knows that but you know there's sometimes resistance or we get busy or we make excuse and it's because part of the time like we're afraid of what's there of what's in the subconscious and unconscious and um, we resist it but when I was in LA at this meditation studio and I, I, there was a brief point where um, uh, my partner at the time and I parted ways and we broke up and I, yeah, I couldn't do, I couldn't function for a while. Um, it was very hard and I was very sad and all I did was go to meditation. I, all I did was go to that studio. So I would go to work, I would come um, on my way home, I would sometimes sit in two back-to-back -back meditations. Didn't understand it at the time, but looking back, I was like, oh, we need that separation was so I could learn how to be in meditation, be in stillness, and be in my own inner world for two plus hours at a time. Um, 
and you know it also kind of highlights these beautiful dynamics that we have with our soulmates and these karmic relationships where it's like it sucked um, that that break that we were on but also look at the gift that he gave me which was I would not have been meditating like that if we were still together right so in um, I think it was maybe a month or so that we were separate but that that um, continued for me for another year where I had unlimited um, access to the studio and I would say at least five times a day I was meditating for at least an hour to two and that really helped me to understand how to find my center, how to be still, how to astral travel and do it you know, properly and safely and explore these aspects of my consciousness and allow for my pain and my sorrows and my emotions to come up. I can't tell you how many times I cried in the sound baths and um, yeah, it was necessary. And there are, you know, a lot of us have woken up in 2020. Things have been so busy, so external that you haven't really gotten that chance to really, really go within and you can't bypass that. So if you're avoiding it, you're also prolonging probably a lot of manifestations and desires around your abilities and your business from coming in. So meditate. Um, I do have free meditations on Insight Timer. I can put those in the uh, show notes as well. They're a little bit more than meditations. They're actually mini healings, but it's also a meditation. So maybe those will support you in some way. Otherwise, you know, it doesn't always have to look like being still in the mind. I think when I was starting with meditation and I was like sitting on the, not sitting, standing on the subway in New York and trying to put on headspace and my my understanding of meditation was like, my mind needs to be still, like there needs to be nothing. And I don't think that has ever happened for me um, up until that point. I've seen a couple of TikToks where people are talking about how like, sometimes there's nothing like going on up there, there are no thoughts. And I, I don't understand that at all because I am, there's always activity in my mind. Uh, unless sometimes right in meditation but um you know those people that are like oh yeah i just kind of you know turn my mind off and go to sleep and i i don't i don't know what that's like i'm also a gemini sun and gemini mercury so i, I think that has something to do with it but i thought that you had to just have nothing going on and i was doing it wrong or i wasn't good at it or you know what's wrong with me because i'm always thinking of things and then i started to realize okay um maybe i can still think about things but just not you know my to-do list or what's happening after this because i very much lived in the future and then much later on i started to realize like no meditation isn't quiet it's giving also a time and an opportunity to process emotions and reflect on the day and and you know whatever needs to come up 
And sometimes my meditations looked like walking or moving meditations because I need constant movement. And especially I have a lot of Gemini and Sagittarian energy. So don't always feel like it has to be dropping into stillness. Um, it, It can look whatever way you want it to look. So anyway, I... I don't even know what I was saying before that, um, but I'm just gonna keep keep talking. So, um, with with spirit um, communicating with you in subtle ways, it's going to look different for everyone. Like sometimes it's through um, the external world, right? Like the external world will communicate with you again. Sometimes it's the angel numbers and the animals that we see are sending us messages. And other times it's the elements or a message from the wind, right? Sometimes I'll feel this gust of wind and I'm like, Oh, that was a message. And I tune in and I was right. Right. So, so many different ways that maybe isn't really taught in new age or that we don't think of we're not thinking oh spirit is communicating with us in that way so I really encourage you to just kind of let go of expectations and be open to to how it's meant to show up for you and the more you focus on your relationship with yourself like your team is amazing and you can't do it without them but but the relationship with the higher self comes before all of that and the more you bond and connect with the higher self and and allow for those messages from the higher self to come through the easier it will be to navigate and also i have my phone right here and through this podcast i saw 111 and 123 so i just needed to share that but um anyway so again some people are more clairaudient where they're hearing some people it's more of a feeling and sometimes the feeling can be sensations right really strong sensations in the physical body like your your whole body is contracting and that's telling you no or telling you hey there's an energy present here that we are not welcoming in or you know the right hand might tingle or the um the hand might get really cold or really hot i use the clairsentience to gauge the energy of the space and also the energy of others but in session um, i'll feel a sensation let's say in the shoulder and um, i'm you know being shown that that person has an attachment here an implant here something that needs to move Um, other times you also might you know um, smell or taste and that those are ways to communicate with spirit and then of course the inner knowing and then the clairvoyance and one thing with the clairvoyance that I feel like a lot of people maybe don't understand because I feel like a lot of people want to be clairvoyant that's like out of all of the ways to communicate with spirit maybe they feel like that is the the best one or I don't know I don't know what it is. It's cool to see, absolutely. Um, But also, there's another step involved in the clairvoyance because you see the visual or the image or the projection, whatever it is, but then you also have to like make sense of it and interpret it. So there's another step there that involves the other clairs at times. Sometimes in the beginning, I would see 
an image and I would have to again like figure out through the other senses what spirit is trying to project to me so dedicate time to strengthening the muscle doing some of these exercises that I'm about to share meditating and also working with your spirit team to figure out just how the, this world communicates with you and vice versa. Um, one thing I will say about your team is make sure that you have a solid, trusted spirit team where there are no imposter spirits, no um, false guides, nothing that's in that container that is actually causing disharmony and disruption. Sometimes there can be false guides because, you know, there are a lot of spirits that pretend to be um, ascended masters and angels and when we don't really know any better, when we're just starting to open up to our gifts and the spirit comes in and says, oh, I'm, you know, one of your angels and you can't really see just yet and your clairsentience isn't strong enough yet and you're told angel and you see some light and you're like, all right come on in and in reality it's an entity who disguised itself as an angel didn't maybe do the best job but it's really hard for us to tell because we're just starting to activate these gifts that have been dormant for so long and we trust um, and then we allow them in and they're, they're not meant to be there so if you know how to muscle test and you want to just drop in and ask or even just intuitively receiving the message ask if there are any imposter spirits or false guides and just take a moment to really make sure you know every being um, or that every being is um, has your highest highest intention we don't need to know the name of every being. We don't need to be able to physically see every being. Um, you know, the spirit world works very different than it does here on Earth, where we are kind of attached to identity, attached to name, and them not so much. But it is important for us to have some way of being able to identify them. But again, it's more through um, the unseen. And so... I feel like maybe we do a separate episode where I'm guiding you through that practice. If you guys are open to it, maybe let me know in the comments. But before, before this, yeah, really just making sure that your, your team is solid and your container is solid. And I'm going to start with Claire audience of just ways in which that you can start to open this up and practice this. And again, it will be important for you to know, um, I, I work with percentages a lot as well, where I like to get an understanding numbers wise of what's there um, distortion wise. So you can ask for a percentage of how, um, like, Percentage-wise, how much of my Claire audience is already active and how much is do I have to go? Um, and percentage-wise, are there um, what blocks are my own 
right? And what are external, what are dark forces or black magic or anything that has been placed external that has kept me from being able to hear. Sometimes we are our own blocks where we're actually afraid of these psychic abilities or we still have wounding from um, being persecuted or being thrown in jail for these gifts and we actually turned it off ourselves. And even though consciously now we wanna come back to it, unconscious, subconscious, shadow aspects of self, past life, past trauma, it's like, no, we still feel that this is dangerous and we don't want to do this. So then it's this process of shadow work of the, the healing and integration of all of this um, distortion from the past. And that's where um, I come into because that's what we're doing in the light process and, and in these sessions. And um, they are more advanced practices. So that applies to everything. Maybe you, you know, before you do these exercises, go through and just get an idea for all of the Claire's percentage that's active, percentage that's not, what's mine and what's not. So now you kind of have a better idea of what's there. Um, so hearing, right, is you're hearing a voice that is outside of your own thoughts your own mind it can sound like your own thought but it's like you know that it's not your brain didn't think it and sometimes it will sound like your own voice and sometimes it won't um, but I would say most of the time it, it sounds like the voice in your head it's just not coming from you and that is what I heard that day in the doctor's office where I'm like sounds like me but I didn't think it but I have no choice but to trust it, so let's go. Um, so one thing that you can do is when you're dropping into your container and dropping into meditation, and again, I cannot stress the importance of creating the container every single time you're doing the psychic work. Every single time you're doing psychic work, open a container and make sure that you are keeping any distortion, any outside energies out and your energy and your team in. Um, because if we just drop in and start connecting, the imposter spirits, the entities are going to take advantage of that and they're going to try to interfere. And then that's how people start channeling demonic entities and you know in the last episode I was like well who are they channeling and what and it's like well that's exactly it because they're connecting up but they don't really know what they're connecting to and they're you know receiving all of this information that's really fear-based or it's actually um, setting them even further back because it's not a being of light that they're communicating with so build and open the container ground into the body into the earth just like take a few moments to settle before you start tapping in be really really mindful and very precise um, when you're doing this work like it's not it's not something uh, it's something to, to take seriously because um, there's a, a lot of opportunity for um, harm unfortunately it's just the world that we live in so what one thing that you can do is ask for um, 
for, for music to hear music, right? Sometimes I used to ask to hear angels singing um, or I would ask to hear like piano or hear instruments and just even if it's faint, just listening to the songs and the sound and the music that your guides and your higher self is projecting to you. And that is one way to start to really open up those channels for the Claire audience. And another thing that you can do is, you know, connect and invite in your higher self and just ask the higher self to start um, projecting certain words to you so you can then hear the word that is being projected. So it's like you're kind of having this conversation and working together, but instead of this long flow of information, it's one word. Um, and let's say, you know, it's the, co the color yellow. So one thing that you can do is ask to see the color yellow. I know we're jumping around a little bit, but ask to see the color yellow and then ask to hear the color yellow and then feel the color yellow and just kind of observe how it's being shown to you in all of these different ways and how this color, which is light, which is technology, which is spirit, is communicating with you in all of these different ways. And also I feel like for a lot of us, we don't trust. So asking yourself, you know, oh, maybe my claircognizance is actually pretty strong. I'm just not trusting what I'm getting. And that's where I need to focus is figuring out where this doubt is coming from, why these parts of me aren't trusting the greater whole and helping those parts of you to heal, which is again, the shadow work because everything always comes back to shadow work. So where were we? Claire, um, sentience. So I have an exercise that I really like to use and I'm going to just briefly share it with you. Um, get a piece of paper and cut it up um, into at least six to eight squares that are all about the same size. And you're going to write down uh, di all different types of emotions on that piece of paper. So angry, happy, sad, um, peace, whatever it is and then fold it up so you can't see what's on the paper. Then put them in a bowl and drop in, open your container, and then just set the intention that you're going to work to um, strengthen the clairsentience. And you're gonna uh, blindly take a piece of paper, hold it in the palms, hold it to the heart, and just ask your body to reveal which emotion is on this paper and you'll start to feel that emotion and you'll continue to do this with the others. Um, another way you can practice is by writing names of friends on the paper and instead of the emotion it's like you're you're gonna sense and feel their energy and be able to get the, the message of whose name is on that paper based off the energy that you're feeling. Um, another way that I like to practice the clairsentience is moving energy to different parts of my body. So I will lay flat and I will create this ball of light um, usually starting from within my heart center and I'll feel the sensation of that ball of light in my heart 
And then I'll practice strengthening um, and intensifying that energy, that feeling, and then I'll um, slowly start to collapse and make that energy a little bit smaller. So it's like I'm feeling a lot of energy from this ball and what that feels like, and then I'm controlling it and I'm saying, okay, soften and, and less and less and less um, because, again, you're going to find that the intuition, like some of it, yes, is observing and allowing it to unfold before you. And sometimes you're going to find that you are also using your critical thinking and you're directing and moving the energy yourself. So it's really important to practice both, like allowing the energy to move organically and then practice controlling it and seeing how it moves with you in the lead. So then with the ball in the heart, you can move it down into the, the stomach and observing what it feels like for that energy to move down into the stomach and again, expanding and contracting it. And then you can ask it to now move into the left foot and just observe how that energy moves and travels through the body and so on. Um, and I think that is a good practice, a good way to, to start with the clairsentience. Um, so moving on, clairvoyance, our fan favorite. Um, again, the colors, like always start with colors. Ask to see the color orange and observe how it appears to you. It could be like your whole screen, your inner screen it is orange. It could be a ball of light that is moving and expanding. Like there's no right or wrong answer. So again, like always making sure that you've let go of expectations, but ask to see the color orange, observe how it appears, and hold the image for as long as you can. This is the one thing that I always teach with the clairvoyance. Even the clairsentience too, you can practice with it, but hold the image because it's it's training and strengthening the muscle. There are times too where I go through these exercises and I'm like, I can feel my third eye is like burning and pulsating. And it's because it's it can be hard sometimes to to focus on it and hold that image for as long as you can. So hold at least 30 seconds i would say hold the image of the orange observe it move and transform if it does and then ask to change it to green and observe it shift to the color green then you can ask change color i'm open doesn't matter what it is and just kind of see what color it starts to change into and start there then you can move on to shapes so visualizing a triangle or a circle or a square in the mind's eye, holding that image for as long as you can, making it get bigger and smaller and move from left to right and just, um, yeah, playing with it and allowing yourself to also have fun in the process and have the square change into a circle and now it turns pink and now it becomes a triangle and now it gets really big and um, just kind of play and practice with that. Um, 
imagination and daydreaming are going to be really important for this because our imagination is not really separate from our clairvoyance and it is definitely the gateway into really being able to strengthen seeing these visuals. I'm a daydreamer. I spent my whole high school and college career um, getting my degree in daydreams. So my whole life I've, um, yeah, I guess I have always been visual in the sense that that I would dream and imagine and um, I feel like especially when I was sick because um, all I a big part of my healing was daydreaming and imagining that I was healthy enough to go to shows to go hiking to travel and I would visualize myself living these experiences it's also a form of manifestation um, but at the same time the more you can daydream and use the imagination the stronger the clairvoyance will come so that when it comes time to receiving images and messages through spirit you're you're already there one more exercise that I really like to use that I just quickly want to share because I don't know when I'll come back to this again is visualizing nature. So sometimes, right, the clairvoyance is uh, an image or a visual. Other times it kind of looks like a movie that's playing out before you and I practice this with just observing nature. So in the mind's eye, I would envision either being um, at an ocean or at a lake and I would just observe the trees and the way that the water ripples and blows in the wind and the waves that are crashing and then I would ask you know for a storm to roll in and I would just watch this movie of a storm rolling in on the beach or at the lake and just kind of allow myself to watch this movie before me um, and I would do the same with trees. I've taught this one exercise before where I would visualize a tree and again, any tree. And what you're going to do is take it through the four different seasons. So maybe the tree you see it during winter where the leaves are non-existent and there's snow on the ground. And again, just like holding that image for as long as possible and then asking to see the tree in spring and you start to kind of see this movie play out of the bloom and the snow melting and now it's spring and the tree looks a lot different and then you're taking it through summer and fall and so on and you can do this for anything there are so many other right you could do it through the life of a rose and the rose as a bud and then watching it bloom and then watching it die so so again, just a couple of modalities and practices that you can use to strengthen the muscle while you continue the inner work and the shadow work um, as you yeah, go through that process of seeing the distortion and the, the attempts to block these gifts um, unravel. So again, if you're feeling like, mm, I... I feel really like where my focus needs to be is that deeper unconscious subconscious work and I feel like there's something blocking me and it's not me. Again, psychic surgery session would be the way that I'd be able to help you with that and um, 
yeah, so the the link to that will also be in the show notes. So I think we feel complete for today. Thank you guys again for listening. I hope this helped. Please let me know if it did and let me know if you do decide to try out any of the exercises and if you notice any shifts or changes within your ability to communicate. Next time, I'm going to continue on with a little bit of my story in post-LA life Um, how black magic really started to come into my field and just highlight a little bit more of, um, yeah, that first year in Tulum and what happened there. And I'm going to focus on a deeper dive into understanding what black magic is. So I will see you guys next time. For now, you can find me on Instagram and TikTok, Lauren on Earth. Bye, guys.